I honestly cannot believe that we have not yet talked about the Mitchells versus the Machines because it's, wild. it's a new Netflix movie. It's a kids movie. It's like it's in produced line with sort by of what we Phil talked Lord about here. and uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why can't I? It's a you're the it's one a partnership. It up. <laughs> it's a partnership, so I can't say this because. So the two guys who did the Lego movie and then just oh, did okay. Uh, okay. Into the Spider Verse. They are producing movies, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. Okay. So they directed the Lego movie, and then they directed um, Into the Spider-Verse with, you know, a couple other animators. That was a huge project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Actually, they, I'm this... wrong. They okay. did not direct Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> they, so, but they were involved? They no. wrote it and <laughs> okay. produced it. Okay. And now with... Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines, they just produced it. Let me double check on that so I'm not... Yep, they just produced it. And uh, Michael Rianda and Jeff Rowe directed it. Director, co-director, it says. So well, um, they uh, worked on Gravity Falls, it looks like. Really cool. It is, anyway. it is like right in line with Into the Spider-Verse, if you have seen that movie, in the fact that it's like... Sort of a an animation style that I have not seen really before. I would even say the Lego movie when we saw it felt like that a little. Yeah, I yeah, I mean because it was clearly CGI, but they also I think used some. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about the Lego movie because we only have a couple motion. minutes here, Gary, and You're I right. want to talk about the Mitchells versus the Machines. <laughs> it's so good. It's, great. it's so it's good, amazing. and it. It incorporates some elements where I am realizing, I think we might have mentioned, I think you mentioned it, but I haven't talked about it, which is why I was like, we got to talk about it. Well, we, it's, so it's one me. to dive into. It's one to dive into. Yeah. I mean, the, the animation style and some of the stuff they do with the animation, some like references to real world things, and just the story, man. It's so goofy. It's so fun. And it really hits home. Like the the... The story between the daughter and the father in this family is so very effective. Yes, it's relatable, but in a way that's not, like, done a lot. You know, you're like, whoa, I haven't seen this uh, kind of a, this dynamic in a relationship between a parent and their kid before. Right. I've seen, like, all the other classic, like, oh, dad, you're annoying. Why are you bugging <laughs> me so much? It's like, come on, we got to go do this. Right. But this takes it in a different direction that feels a lot more realistic to kids today, especially. Yeah. Like yeah. the the trailer for the movie shows a scene where the dad's like, uh, he sits down at the table and they're all on their oh, phones yeah. except him. And he's like, uh, all right, five seconds or 30 seconds of uninterrupted eye contact, go. And that Everybody's in the like, trailer... <laughs> can make you like oh is this phone about or is this movie right. about phones bad dad's right about technology being right. bad and that is not the message and that's what's cool about it is that it, it yeah. almost like disguises itself as like this is gonna be a movie that doesn't quite get it and then the movie gets it it you know almost I mean? it almost bugs me that they chose that clip i, me I too. don't i i have There's a lot so of disagreements many with hilarious Netflix. clips in uh this movie that don't spoil things yeah. that they could use use um before we finish talking about it i want to mm -hmm. say one little thing that kind of i think this is a kind of thing that gets people if they hear this they'll be like oh yeah that's the kind of movie i dig yeah so i noticed a little like detail in it and there are hundreds of these there's so many like that bumper sticker on that car is a little joke and it's hilarious or oh, if you okay. pause the frames 
like Calvin was saying, they use hand-drawn animation mixed with the CGI. There are points where right. if you pause the frame, someone might have written, like, this guy's a doofus and pointed yeah. an arrow at something, you know? Yeah. Um, I So the movie ha- features a home video camera, and whenever the home video camera is shown, like, as the screen, the amount of time left to record is the amount of time left of the movie. Oh, that's Isn't really cool. Isn't that just cool? That is really I was like, cool. Hey, well, I wonder if that's a thing. I like paused the movie when it said 42 minutes on yeah. the screen. And I was like, and I looked down and there was 46 minutes left of the movie. And there are four minutes of credits. And I was like, oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> it's that exactly is so cool. the amount of time. Yeah. So, so that's the kind of movie this is. Definitely you know? go check that movie out. It's got tons of funny little things in that. Um, and uh, Fun for all ages, too. That's oh yeah. important. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's um, funny for me and funny for, you know, a, probably a six-year-old. And funny probably for my dad. <laughs> right totally the trailer does not do it justice uh and neither does the clip that they show from uh the show that we talk about on this show and uh before we get into that we have to introduce a spe- special guest that we have here with us today uh they went to the program with uh the, the acting program that i went to the guthrie in the minnesota yada 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 they uh are an actor and uh recently podcaster as well in a couple i'll I'll let them talk about it uh when they wish but please give a warm welcome (laughs) gary and our listeners later (laughs) days after we record this to rachel lawhead welcome to the podcast hi everybody thank you so much for having me it's a joy to be here Ah, oh, you're so welcome. We gotta have the classic, uh, the the uh, the classic. Thanks for having me. And um, to get the real conversation flowing here, I gotta ask you what kind of bender you think you are. Okay, so I've been thinking about this for like weeks. Really? <laughs> I've been thinking about yes. Um, uh, oh, I think a water bender. Okay. I think that's I think that's what I am. But I'm still not. To- <laughs> I'm still not totally sure. There. Well, you know, that, uh, you know, sort of fits the flow of the water. Maybe yeah, one day. Yeah, uh... I don't know. I used to be a swimmer for like a really long time oh. when I was a kid. I taught uh, uh, swimming uh, for like a summer when I was up in Minneapolis. Um, oh, yeah. Really love the, the ocean. Um, firebender, I don't think is quite right, but okay. I do like playing with fire. <laughs> but I think I'm a waterbender. <laughs> Maybe you, a waterbender that studies some firebending it's techniques. Just a little pirate, yeah. just a little pyrotechnics on the side. Yeah, just, just some a, a little reverse iro here. A waterbender Ooh. who studies yeah. firebending, huh? Hell yeah! Yeah, like <laughs> yeah why not? Um, well, we're super excited to have you for this incredible episode. I am. So excited. I wore my, the uh, listeners can't see it, but I wore my uh, Nickelodeon Universe shirt because I yeah. used to work there for right. a summer. I think, I think you were working there while I worked at the Hard Rock Cafe at the Mall of America. Oh my gosh. I, I'm sure. I think I think that's right. Do you remember what that's year amazing. you were there? 2018, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I was oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Hold on. 2018. No, 2018 is when I left. Okay. Uh, well, when I was there. Gary was there though, yeah. Oh my! Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's nuts. That's so wild. <laughs> you you probably passed each other, except Rachel. You might have been in a costume, or were you the person? Probably in a costume. Were you the person helping around the people in the costumes? Yep. Did, in Did Nickelodeon both. universe, do they call it cast members as well? Uh, I think so. I know we had to say like I'm I'm friends with Squidward. Uh, I am <laughs> nice. Uh, friends with Leonardo or Raphael. Yeah. Um, 
And then if I was for with just one a of... split second, I was thinking Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the characters <laughs> in the Nickelodeon universe. Then I remember. I, I wish so. that would be so funny. <laughs> it's like a w- sickening looking like big costume with like the hair over the eye. He's got a glass in his hand and his finger is always pointing out like the meme. You know, like the meme. Oh, wow. I wouldn't honestly put it past Nickelodeon Universe creating meme characters. <laughs> meme characters. Point. They wouldn't let yeah. us. This is. Uh, we, I promise we will get in the episode. But this was oh, a, a thing. It. At least when I was there, um, was they very sternly told us that we were not allowed to dab. We were not allowed I... to like do the floss. We weren't allowed to do like popular dance moves. And like so many I of the little kids that came kids into the spot wanted you to do it. Would just be like Squidward, Squidward, dab, and me <laughs> just be best like, friends no. with Squidward would just kind of be like, "Sorry, kid, I can't do it. I'll I get in like trouble." That. that makes me upset. That sucks. I, know, I don't right? know why, but why that makes not? me sad. I don't know. I think they may have changed the rules after I left. I think it's. I think Nickelodeon wasn't too happy with the, the the Squidward dabbing on the on the parade video that went viral. Oh, oh. yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Why wouldn't you be that video made so many people happy? And I know. Got I don't that know why Squidward so much attention. It's Hashtag weird stuff. Let Squidward dab. Hashtag let Squidward let's dab. dab. <laughs> okay. Um, on that note, <laughs> I think we should get into our show. You're listening to A New Lens. I'm Calvin. Gary and I started this podcast to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been talking about Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode. We are now on uh, episode 17? Wait, right? 18, technically. Episode 18 of season 3. If you're on Netflix, it's episode 16 still, but the third part of it fuck that second part of it (laughs) we're on sozin's comet part two the old masters oh man um so this is going to be a hard one to recap well actually not really um let let, let me give it a shot here (laughs) the the rest of the gang minus ang have met up with june and her sheer shoe and they go to try and find uh Ang, but they end up trying to find someone else and in the process they end up finding a lot of old friends who've come together in a, a very a very interesting and amazing way um meanwhile we have ang on this mysterious island trying to talk out his problems with his past lives and he's really butting up against all of their advice Eventually, he discovers more about what this island is, which is a huge moment in the show and highly talked about moment in the show that I'm curious what uh, what opinions we've got here um, as we get into it. But that's basically Mm -hmm. uh, that's basically you don't even need to say anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I feel like (laughs) the detail. That's why this is one of my favorite episodes. And I forgot it was because it's just it breathes. It's all about the details. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so we we start off really kind of fast. Uh, I mean, we were at the the hotel, so or in tavern, tavern, tavern. bar, some kind of seedy <laughs> yeah. establishment. <laughs> so we're at seedy establishment, seedy <laughs> establishment Inc. And uh, they're trying to talk to June, who has this sheer shoe, and um, 
Sokka recognizes, hey, she helped you attack us. And uh, Sok- or Zuko's like, yeah, isn't it just like the good old days? <laughs> yeah, the good old days where you were trying to kill us. Yeah, He's yeah. always stumbling over like being like, should I make jokes about this like, you know, pretty horrific past we have together? Or right. should I keep it in the, what, what do I do with this? And I, I think like he, he strikes a pretty good balance. Me I love too, the moment. I, was say. I think this was in the last ep- in the episode before this, where like yeah. Ang is missing, and all of the gang turns to look at Zuko, right. and he's yeah. like, "What?" And they're like, "Well, if anybody knows how to track <laughs> Ang, it's you." You're kind of yeah, an expert like, on that. You know, you know, it's, it's not like he has like the amnesia uh, <laughs> creation. Right. Like he's created a whole new character, clean slate. Doesn't even know. He's still like, "Yep, yeah, I used to do all that." <laughs> yeah i think i don't know i think he strikes a pretty good balance um mm-hmm. but june is like where's your grandpa and he's like he's my you're uncle creepy. you're creepy, <laughs> you're creepy grandpa. Yeah. yeah that's so right rude. because he was flirting with her <laughs> he flirted right. that oh, is the fair. only thing that iroh has done in this whole show that made us go on this podcast oh yeah that's right like that because he right. like pretended like he was paralyzed, and then when she fell on him yeah. he like winked at zuko yeah oh. which is very 2000 what year was that 2006 yeah, like 2005 yeah. 2006 five, you know it feels very much like the what's uh-huh. now being referred to almost exclusively as the joss whedon uh, oh <laughs> fall on you know have yeah. someone fall on someone else uh, yeah yikes yikes but I almost like that she calls him creepy because it's yeah. not yeah, sa- it like, addresses it. it's showing like yeah she didn't like that but at the same time she didn't like she doesn't think of him as a fucked up dude. She's like, where's your creepy uncle? <laughs> like, you where's know? your pervert? Like, <laughs> where yeah. is he in jail? Let me kill like, him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's just like, where's that creepy dude? Because um, he was creepy that one time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> she, she's like, I see you found your girlfriend. And Zuko and Katara both... Nah. She's not my girlfriend. I'm not his girlfriend. Yeah, um, she waved the fan on that flame of... Uh, of fan service who loves the oh my god i am not i've never been a katara zuko shipper so thank you it feels like a nice refreshing yeah it's just never was my thing i'm just like they wanted to kill each other that's not a good basis for a relationship (laughs) the only thing that makes people think oh they'd be a good couple is that they for a moment related to each other because both of their moms were basically like like it eliminated by the fire yes. nation one is gone for reasons we don't know or we don't know where she is one is dead and they yeah. were like oh yeah we both are sad about that and everyone was yeah. like they should date <laughs> like come on it's collective trauma is like powerful but come on guys like, yeah exactly like i don't know and i suppose Maybe. those people probably also get reinforcement from them like being super embarrassed about this mm-hmm. but like I would also, be embarrassed too, you know, they're kids also, yeah. being called, I don't know, it's a kid moment almost. It is. It, yeah. I have it marked down as a kid moment, actually. Mm. <clears throat> um, but they say, uh, Zuko says, actually, this time we need you to find the Avatar. Um, and uh, she's like, oh, that doesn't sound like very much fun. And he's like, uh, well, does the end of the world sound like uh, fun? <laughs> and he um, says it in the same tone. He says, she's not my girlfriend. So right. it comes off as, does the end of the world sound like a bad? You know, and it's yeah, just like, right. Zuko's just like done. He's like, come on. Like, even the end of the world Zuko. is annoying <laughs> to him. Zuko. You know? just, Zuko. Trying, just trying to get people to work with him. Just like, work with me here. Come on. <laughs> um, I... 
absolutely adore them cutting after this out to Appa and the Shearshoes, yes! and we learn uh, uh, their name is Nyla, uh, and they're like facing off with each other. Then they like lick each other, and they're like they're buddies. I love it. I love that. I love it. you know because the only reason they fought before is because the people they were protecting were fighting, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, there's Appa's a good. I think Appa is the one who's like, what do you think of in his mind? He, you know, when they telepathically communicate, because that's what happens. Obviously, right. he was like, what do you think of us just uh, not fighting? And what's the sheer shoes name? Uh, Nyla. 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 So cool, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, let's not fight because I could paralyze you with my tongue. (laughs) Let's be real. It'd be a good fight. But I think Nyla is one of the more terrifying beasts of the Avatar universe. Oh, yeah. And and we're reminded of that very quickly as June comes out and she throws like a steak <laughs> to Nyla. Yeah, and remember our introduction to Nyla ripping the hull of the ship made of metal yeah. with oh oh my yeah. god yeah. And then Nyla like does her like stinger tongue <laughs> thing. Yeah, and, and it's like June's like whoa, careful. All right, <laughs> she does like a cool dodge. Like only yeah. June can have nyla because anyone else would have been paralyzed day one right (laughs) yeah um i love uh that they use his staff like that's because he left the staff that's the only thing really that you know they've got left of his and uh (laughs) this is so it's like a you know incorporating puppies into the influence of these animals because this sheer shoe is at least one part puppy as it mm-hmm. yep. sniffs the thing sniffs around can't find it and then like huddles down on the ground and oh yeah <laughs> uh, brushes its nose with its paws yeah. And, um yeah uh so she's uh june is like well seems like your friend is gone uh what do you mean gone like gone gone your friend doesn't exist. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly what we were expecting to get out of this. Um, but then we cut right over to Aang. So we are given a little reinforcement like, don't worry. That's just what she thinks. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Aang's still okay. <laughs> um, and he's walking through. Momo's flying around him. And he's talking he to Momo. He's so like, chill on this is. island. Like, he just, like, wakes up. And he's like, oh. Where am I? I don't know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to sure. casually walk through this forest. Yeah. What do you think, Momo? Are we in the spirit world? Honestly, I mean, kind of fitting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he always fitting. responds to stuff just with like this. Oh, huh. huh. Cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like when um, he first well, woke weird. up, av- he like breaks out of an iceberg, is floating in the Avatar state, right. falls, lands in someone's arms in the middle of the North Pole. North Pole. You want to go penguin sledding? You know? Yeah, right. Like, that's so true. Yeah. From moment one, that's how he's responded. Um, but he does do, you know, some, like, you know, cognitive investigating. He's like, all right, let's work this out. Are we in the spirit world? Shh, nope. Uh, I can bend. That was that sound that I made, which was the shh. With that, that, that's my <laughs> airbending <laughs> sound, I guess. Um, ten out of ten. And <laughs> thank you. Uh, direct recreation. He also notices that Momo can see him, which is another you know indication he's not in the spirit world. So he's like, let's go to the top of the island here. Uh, and hopefully that'll give us some answers. Um, and so there's a lot of back and forth in this episode. And so it, it goes pretty quickly. Um, really brief moments. And it feels very well 
planned yeah, out. No, well it's done. It. Mm-hmm. It's done nicely. It keeps the momentum of the episode. Right. Exactly. Totally. Um, so we get back to the middle of uh, the conversation with the rest of the gang. Are you saying he's dead? And June's like, no, if he's dead, uh, Nyla would be able to find him. I don't know. It's a real head scratcher. She's just like, well, ah, that's she weird. Does, yeah, and they're all care. like, what? He doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and uh, so Zuko has a different idea. He's like, well, there's one other person. There's only one other person in this world I can think of that could help us facing off the Fire Lord. <laughs> and he brings back this <laughs> this wooden sandal. And it's got like, you know, classic cartoon stink lines coming off of it. <laughs> Some flies. Yep. Yep. Um, and he uh, gives that over to Nyla, who smells it, and immediately <laughs> runs off. And so everybody's like, hey, wait up. They get on Appa. And I love this montage so much. The scenery that they're able to to give, the fluid passage of time. Like you can tell this is a full day passing. The the you know morning light hitting the rocks as they're going over it. And ah, I I just love mm-hmm. it so much. Eventually they get to this giant crack in the walls of Ba Sing Se. And uh June says Nyla's kind of freaking out. She's getting twitchy. So it can't be far. Good luck from here. <laughs> She's like, this is as far as I'm getting involved. Because actually, I just realized they didn't like, they're not, they didn't discuss payment or anything, did they? Like, is she just doing this for free? Wow. That's a good oh, yeah. Point. I'm sure the payment is just you will possibly keep the world from ending. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, to do this. And she doesn't honestly seem like the person who would. You know how there are always characters in movies and shows where the world is going to end that are like, okay, I'm not the one (laughs) who gives a shit. Like, my world is good. And if it ends, it ends. She seems like one of those kind of people. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll look out the window of the tavern as she's taking a drink, seeing like fire approaching and just like hold up the drink and take a shot (laughs) just as she's being engulfed. Right. You know, one of those. Yeah. I feel like you're right. I don't know. It just occurs to me like, yeah. If that's how she is, like, why does she? Because the first time they, she help at all? they got her like services of this year, she weight shoe. in gold. Yeah, they pl- they paid Iroh's weight in gold. And did they? They must have, right? Because I she. Think so I wonder what she does with money. Because she's still in the tavern with no different clothes. Her sheer shoe doesn't have different armor. And she's still, like, betting to drink. She's still <laughs> kicking beer ass. Funds, baby. To, like, get... That's all beer fun. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I bet, um, or just a super dope pad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Maybe, maybe trying to to stay in that tavern is super expensive. She just has to pay a lot just to to to, to rent a room. Or here's my head cannon. She's a fucking player. Like she has a dope pad that she goes to the tavern to pick people up, bring them back, and just like. That's how she and she uses the sheer shoe to fucking make bank to be able to sustain that. That's I my like it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I like it. Um, <laughs> well, here they are at the wall crack. They decide it's been a very long day. Let's camp and uh, start searching tomorrow. We get back to Ang, who's on this island. He gets to the top of it. Where is this? There is this little clearing. There's that hex- hexagonal hexagon. Hex. It's a hexagon. <laughs> hexagonal. I think hexagonal is right. Yeah. That sounds right to me, too. You got right. two people who are like, that sounds right. Yeah. I feel so supported. <laughs> um, Aang 
touches it and he recognizes that it's not earth which also i think a little bit he's using his hand to like do some toff stuff you know like yeah mm-hmm. like uh maybe learn from toff a little bit but also he's like he... i can't bend this so it's right. not earth exactly um and so he's trying to figure out what it is he's so confused as to where he is he hasn't got any clear answers and he says i wish i had roku right now oh my god <laughs> well, i do <laughs> that's right roku is me <laughs> um and he uh, he meditates, and uh, Roku appears in front of him. The spirit. This uh, is something I've been wanting animation. to happen the whole show. Oh my god! I don't god. know. Watching it the first time, when you find out, like I forget when Roku tells him, "I'm always with you if you need me." Right. I kind of was like, it'd be really cool if he just could literally at any point, not just in a spiritual place. And this right. is proving that he can. He mm-hmm. can just like it, like meditate and communicate with his past lives it's so cool right this kid is so wise also like i, I yeah. was writing that down in this scene of just like it's just this fucking like 12 year old who's just <laughs> all yeah. of that monk training is so baked into him yeah. and is like i'm really confused i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna meditate and talk to myself <laughs> right talk yep. to myself but also like try and learn from my elders and their experience like yeah <laughs> holy shit um very cool roku does appear and he says all of our experiences, all of the past avatars, all of our experience and wisdom is available to you if you look deep within yourself. And uh, oh, just getting goosebumps a little bit there, even though it's warm in my apartment right now. Um, uh, but Roku observes, it seems that you're lost in more ways than one. And that's where we leave that scene. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to do, man. Um we get back to the camp where everybody's asleep. Toph is in her classic uh, earth tent. <laughs> and she is asleep, but pats the ground, wakes up, hope immediately, and gets ready. But it's not fast enough. A giant ring of fire surrounds their camp. And then we Which, see who's okay, casting it. Okay, I'm Gary has something to say for realizing first. we had just confirmed Toph is the most amazing vendor in the world she's literally the most powerful in the world (laughs) and it's very telling that she's able to be kind of ambushed this is the only group of people that could do this right i'm getting at you know right you're totally right so Um, who's this group of people calvin this group of people we see master piandao uh, Sokka's master. We see Jong Jong, Aang's first firebending teacher. We see Master Paku from the Northern Water Tribe, and we see fucking Boomy, the um, most baller team of old guys oh ever. It's such <laughs> a good like hero shot too. Yeah, so like, good. Oh. And they're all wearing these outfits that we have not seen before, and they these look robes. so good. It looks so dope. <laughs> the design team nailed this one. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and uh, Boomy just says, well, look who's here. (laughs) And uh, Boomy's so fucking great. And actually, you know what? I'm going to take this moment just to appreciate some of the voice actors because they brought back all of the original voice actors. And there's one that I did not realize. Fucking Boomy is played by Andre Soliuzzo, who plays Hakoda. (laughs) Hakoda and Boomy are played by the same voice actor. And now I'm like, that guy's talented. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, we've got Victor Brandt returning as uh, Master Paku. We've got uh, Robert Patrick as Piandao. Such a distinct voice. I, I mean, love Piandao's um, voice. Keone Young. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so also, actually, you know what? I'll save that one. Um, so we've got yeah. all the returning voice actors and everything. Um, super exciting. So good to see all these characters. It kind of takes you a moment to be like, oh, 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 and that's and that's from, oh, my God. <laughs> yep. But we get back to Roku giving advice to Aang. And Roku's just giving his own experience. And he says, I was... Uh, I wanted to be disciplined and I wanted to show restraint in my time as an avatar. And honestly, that failed me. <laughs> like if I if I had um, taken more action and been more decisive, I could have stopped Sozin. Um, and uh, he sort of gives his concluding advice as he fades back into Aang saying, I could have stopped him if I had just been more decisive. <laughs> And I just, I just like the ways that these, uh, these avatars, uh, kind of give their give their elevator pitch for what they think yeah. you should do. You know, me too. Roku I also says, love... "I don't know, but do something." Right? It's like I don't yeah. know what you yeah, should but... do, but do something. That's what I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Essentially, what happened here is Aang is like, "I need help making a decision," and then Roku's response <laughs> was, decisive. "You must make a decision." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, I mean, I suppose it's helpful. The message is to not just not decide. Right. You know? Yes. You need to decide. Yeah. Yeah, but you see that it, you see and feel how frustrating it is from Aang's (laughs) perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, we get back to these great masters and friends um, who have... Are, who have showed up in these mysterious robes. Um, and uh, Master Paku is like, how about a hug for your new grandpa? <laughs> I love Sokka flipping out in the background. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just has a waterbending master grandpa now. That's yeah. why he's flipping out. It has nothing yeah. to do with like his relationship to Paku. It's just <laughs> yeah. my grandpa can do cool shit. And I like that they bring that thread back that like, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing that sort of broke open Paku's hard shell in (laughs) the waterbending master was Katara's necklace, um, which was the betrothal necklace that he gave to her. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I like that they're bringing that back. And I like to think we give Paku a lot of shit on this podcast because he was a dick and, you know, deserved our shit giving. I really, (laughs) my head cannon here. We got a lot of that. Is that uh, Graham Graham is not someone who will take any shit. That's why she left. She was like, fuck these rules. I'm leaving. And us knowing that she agreed to marry him is also just a quick redemption arc that we didn't see happen. Right. As much as I'm like, yeah, still fuck this guy a little bit. I'm also (laughs) like, but... Graham Graham did not let him just show up and be like, let's get married now. Mm-mm. He had to <laughs> right. have shown up and been like, yeah, I learned. I taught your granddaughter. I'm willing to teach the women of uh, this nation, too, if any more from the Southern yeah. Water Tribe come. Like, I'm not a dick anymore. I promise. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining him just, like, worshiping her and being like, please take me back. <laughs> right there's some groveling that needs to happen for that oh yeah <laughs> some groveling for sure giant <laughs> ice sculpture of her <laughs> yeah i imagine a little bit of a of a uh hey zuko here <laughs> you know, yes. hey, Paku here a hundred percent 
Um, and Sokka just like tackles him and he's like, can I call you Gramp Gramp? And he's like, uh, no, you can just no. call me Paku still. He's like, ooh, what about Gramp Paku? Which I love. It's actually no. pretty great. Yeah, it's he's pretty still great. Like, yeah, he's still like, no. He's gonna though. You know Sokka's gonna oh, yeah. s- sneak that in there whenever you can. Oh, yeah. Um, we got our little intro again to Zhang Zhang and Piandao. You know, they, they have to add that sentence because for kids who've been watching this on TV who haven't seen, you know, these characters return for maybe a couple of years, which mm-hmm. especially in a kid's life is a very long time. I honestly, I don't remember whether or not I remembered these characters when I saw this episode I don't think as a kid. I did. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I have a very distinct memory of watching this finale and I yeah. think I remembered Boomy. I think Boomy I remembered sure. the uh, Pian Dao just because it was more recent, but with right. like with Zhang Zhang and Paku, I was like, "Who are these? Little, who are these yeah. guys again?" For right. me, I remember distinctly going, "Oh yeah, that's who these guys are." Mm. In oh wow, like the third or fourth episode. Oh yeah, like coming up when <laughs> right. we see them do more. Mm-hmm. What they do reminded me who they were, mm-hmm. which right. I won't spoil. But yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually, like seeing them in action and like actually seeing who their like characters Boomy, are instead of, hey, in look fact, at us, we're back. <laughs> you know? I think I didn't even fully register who Boomy was because mm. as a kid, like the clothing was obviously that's a big deal, like designing your characters to be the same throughout, but not be like uh, all of them look similar. You know, they look different enough for you to be like, that's that guy. I remember him. Mm-hmm. He has the green tunic. Right. And with Boomy. I think I kind of forgot. I was like, who's the, they all have these robes. So when we see Boomy tell his story later, mm-hmm. which we'll get to, I was like, oh yeah, I know who he is. Well, also, I suppose, I mean, Boomy first gave like one of the strongest impressions in the first episodes of this Absolutely. show. I mean, like such a memorable character. And I think he's also appeared the most because Piandao was just in Sokka's Master. Um, Zhang Zhang, I think, was just in the firebending master uh mm-hmm. the episode from season one and paku i think maybe made like a cameo like real quick at another point but he was pretty much just in that episode just at the oh, end of yeah. season one he was just in his episode and then in the first two minutes of the next one right, right. whereas boomy we got like a whole episode with him and then which is establishing one. like hey this was ang's best friend <laughs> in his like past life and then we get another episode with him um in return to omashu but we get this <laughs> reintroduction to them with boomy as he says oh yeah all old people know each other yes. as, the, <laughs> as the gang is like how do you all like what are you all doing together as <laughs> a kid i just bought from that. Our past? yes really <laughs> i just bought that yeah i remember yeah. being like they do <laughs> I was like, also, why not? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Boomy says it in a tone of voice because he's so crazy that it's like, you got to kind of know that he's joking. Like, I feel like maybe these oh, kids yeah. are like, wait, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? That's exactly how Just I, like I, you I feel as a like kid. they might yeah. be a little bit. Um, but they reveal they are a part of a secret society, one that transcends all divisions um, in our world. It's about philosophy and beauty and truth, and it is the White Lotus, which it's <laughs> been a while since we got uh, some context on. Um, I think it was mostly the last time we heard about it, most mostly in season two, 
when mm-hmm. Iroh was sort of revealing, you know, with the pie show chips and everything. Um, but now we realize, like, no, this isn't just, like, a tiny little, like, go in a back room and, like, play some games, maybe, like, get some help from some people. This is, like, yeah. a big connect- connective society for people across the world. It's really fucking cool. And yeah. it, it makes Pion Dao's gift to Sokka of the White Lotus Pai Cho chip at yeah. the end of his episode mm-hmm. a lot more like, whoa, like I feel like Sokka in this moment is probably like, whoa, oh. that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and even at the moment, like we as the audience were like, I don't know exactly what that is, but I know the reference, like he's a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. But now yep. it's like... It feels so grand is basically what I'm trying yes. to get at. And I remember feeling like that as a kid. Yeah, like, oh, all the most powerful people we've seen <laughs> in this entire show are part of that thing. Not yeah. just that one guy. Right. Um, well, <laughs> they they said they all got a call from a grand master of the White Lotus, General mm-hmm. Iroh. And they're like, hey, that's who we're here to see. Um, Boomy says, now hold on a minute. Someone's missing. Yes. Where's Momo? <laughs> and Sokka's like, uh, well, Aang's missing too, but, uh, yeah, they're both missing. It's like, well, at least they have each other. All right, let's go. I'll lead yeah. you to Iroh. And, and he, then he just <laughs> rocket launches tower. himself yeah. out of there. So cool and hilarious oh at the God. same time. I love that balance of Boomy's, uh, like all of his bending is funny and dope. Always. Oh, yeah, and we're going to get into that. He's so in damn powerful. I know we're getting into <laughs> it. But... so powerful. <laughs> okay, first we got to talk about Kiyoshi. Um, Kiyoshi. And this is the moment where I want to talk about as we see um, Aang tap into the spirit of the next most recent avatar, Kiyoshi. We've heard her voice before in this episode. Jennifer Hale plays Kiyoshi, and she also plays June. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So they've got a lot of really amazing Another voice actors in here. great voice actor, because yeah. that's not... Those oh, are yeah. two just, like, s- distinct attitudes of a voice. Do you know what I mean oh, by yeah. that? Distinct, yes. like, I'm a and person. Two I don't distinct, know. Two distinct, <laughs> like, hard-ass, kick-ass, badass women. You yeah. know, like... Two Kiyoshi di- is distinctly maybe different my brands favorite character in this show with as little uh, screen time and backstory yeah. as we get. Do you know oh, what I mean yeah. by that? Yeah. Like there are a few characters in the show other than maybe Miyuki the cat who, <laughs> <laughs> who give me as much joy as Kiyoshi. <laughs> Miyuki, have you been oh, messing Miyuki. with the Fire Nation again? Oh my God. What did that cat do before? <laughs> um, well, Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi talks about her experience with Chin the Conqueror. It's and awesome. How the whole world was threatened, and she fucking killed him basically, and brought about peace with the world. And, and goes, I don't. I felt like it was an accident, though. And she's like, I don't really say? see a difference. <laughs> yeah, she's us in that moment. I don't see the difference. So. <laughs> Like, because I mean, in the yeah. in the episode, you kind of wonder, like, are they doing this to show us that she didn't kill and that this was like actually an accident? And right. then when we see her actual, um, like, philosophy about it, she's yeah. like, "I would have killed him. I like, would have done whatever it took." Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I love that like perspective of just like in the original episode where we learn about the way that Chin's like Chin's demise. It's seen through the eyes of of the kids of the gang. Right. Of, like there is that kind of difference, especially for Ang, who is so moral and opposed totally. to violence. But when you actually speak to this adult badass <laughs> avatar, <laughs> she's right. like, yeah, maybe he crumbled to his death. But if he didn't, I would have killed him because. Right. Because he yeah. was threatening the peace of the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, and so her, like, <laughs> you know, thesis statement on her <laughs> point of view is justice is the only thing that can restore peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, kill him. <laughs> yeah, love, basically just kill him. <laughs> I love that Aang is just like, I knew I shouldn't have asked Yoshi. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have asked Yoshi. I knew she was about to come in here and be like, what? <laughs> kill him. Just fucking do it. Yeah. It's funny, I think, too, because that moment made me realize that Aang totally already knows what every single past life is about to tell him. It's yeah. part of him. This is a wow, moment of reflection, really and he needs it. But he, he, it's like that old, um, I don't know if it's actually Buddhist or if it's one of those like Americanized, like, <laughs> this is an old Buddhist thing um, <laughs> where if you don't know what to do, flip a coin and you'll know what to do before the coin even lands in your hand. Huh. It's like you just, you do know like when you need to make a decision, I guess. And this feels like that. Like Aang already knows what all of these uh, past lives are going to tell him. He knows what he has to do. But he still is deciding to take this time to like, yeah, reflect on it. It's more reflection than anything else, in my opinion. It's uh, an important decision, like, and he's like, this kind of decision deserves this amount of meditation and reflection. Hundred wow, percent. Yeah. There also is uh, apparently a direct homage to um, a story from a classic Hindu text, Bhagavad Gita. Which oh. has to do with uh, a prince, our uh, Arjuna, who is in preparing to engage in a huge, massive battle, and uh, meditates and is uh, come to by Lord Krishna, avatar god of Vishnu, who like oh wow gives him this basically exactly what Ang is doing, like he looks within himself for a greater voice telling him advice that. I think he already knows in his heart. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think that's uh, yeah. This really show's cool the best wonder. show ever. <laughs> yes, <I> mean... no way. <laughs> Only way it'd be better if it uh, was not made by white people. But I think that they do a pretty good job at honoring things instead of being appropriative. But yeah, there are people out there who do not feel that way, and we've pointed that out a couple times in the podcast. But I just want to make sure an that's thing uh, to. Yeah, always yeah. keep in mind when you're watching media created by a group of white men is that mm-hmm. it was created by a group of white men. Yeah. Um, With good intentions uh, is the hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, and it has not landed perfectly with some people, and that is perfectly valid. That's and, important, um, yeah, mm-hmm. to yeah. know. Uh, but we we get back to... <laughs> um, <laughs> the gang talking to boomy and they're like how did you escape and he was like i didn't escape everyone else escaped which i mean terrifying that's absolutely terrifying <laughs> also like semantics i mean also like you did escape as we see right away when yes. he, he sees the eclipse coming and just moves his chin and rocks so like like the entire lining of his metal coffin 
gets just ripped open from these rocks and he just jumps out. Oh my god, he's so fucking badass. I mean, this he's to so me so fucking powerful. Yeah. It's amazing. It shows us that like yeah, Toph can metal bend, which makes her like this almost like surreal like a uh, bender. It's like she does things that we didn't know could be done. Mm-hmm. Right. And in this sequence we see how Boomy deals with metal as someone who can't bend it mm-hmm. and he's almost just as fine you know what i mean by that (laughs) right like you get the impression that he can handle himself just as well as toff could without even having her metal bending because he's been doing this for over 100 years he's right 112 years old yep Mm -hmm. yeah and we see his expertise in this incredible fight (laughs) scene um he says somehow funny and incredible at the same time. yes right I'm taking back my city. It's time for payback. And he just, <laughs> like, effortlessly rips the, the shit that he doesn't want in his city apart yep. and flings it out <laughs> of Omashu. Doesn't he push a gigantic statue off of the top of Omashu? Yep. Just yes. him. So... Like, a thing that should take, like, dozens <laughs> of earthbenders to do. He's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm just going to push a giant however many ton statue off of a mountain and this is the only thing that takes any effort that we see him exerting any effort with yep i love the like as gary's saying like this is funny as well as badass the moment where he's flung these buildings out and then he's standing there looking at the statue and these soldiers come running up behind him and he just and just cylinders shoot the soldiers out. They come out yep. of the ground and shoot them out. And then he takes those cylinders and rockets them up at the face of <laughs> yes. the statue of the Fire Lord. And it into the nostrils and eyes. He makes a smiley face. I hadn't realized that until this last watch. I knew that he like put it in the eyes and the nose, but I didn't realize that he gave him just like just drew graffiti on this statue of the Fire Lord. He faces it, and then he just. Tips it over, <laughs> it just rockets it's down in, the city, breaks the bridge, so cool don't come back. Is the city is like designed in not in a way where you're like, oh well, that's just that was set up. It feels just like he realizes in this moment, how can I utilize the way my city is designed mm-hmm. to get this right. shit out as quickly as I can? So when this statue falls and it slides down these shoots that we've seen established so many times, yeah. it's just like, fuck yeah. I don't yeah. know. There's something so smart about it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. And then to put a perfect little button on it, when he's done, he just takes a bite of this rock candy that was <laughs> yes. established. forgot about that. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, well, now we get back to Aang, who's meeting some avatars that we haven't really met with before. Yeah. Um, we've seen some flashes of their faces in certain contexts, but um, we have not met uh, Kurok, uh, Avatar Kurok who he says, I was a go-with-the-flow sort of avatar. I love that <laughs> sentence so much. As it's one of my surfing, favorite sentences. Like... Yeah, it's one of my favorite sentences in the whole show. I was a go-with-the-flow sort of avatar. <laughs> you know, when, you, when yeah. you really think about that, it's perfect and well, hilarious. Also, I just love the fact that they establish, like, 
Yeah, not every single avatar is going to have like a hundred year war to deal with, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Like there's you certain... can be a go with the flow avatar in some eras. Right. There's certain moments that define them, but he said he was the avatar in a time of peace. So like you know, what's he got I'm to surfing. do? Like maintain the peace. Yeah. Surf. I have heard actually I've read about it, but I, I could not um, you know, uh uh, describe it all but apparently in the the graphic novels he gets a bit mm. more context and he actually was kind of uh seen as very lazy even though he was doing some very noble stuff behind the scenes mm. um i'm not gonna give context to that because it's not in the show that we're talking about and also I've i haven't read them and i don't remember do you know rachel no, I don't. But this is theorizing of just in the show okay. of especially since because Kiyoshi is after Kuruk and she's right. like, well, there's Chin the Conqueror who rose to power and was like threatening oh, yeah. the world. And I like suppose. if that happens or like because stuff doesn't happen just in a vacuum, just in these avatars lives, like right. stuff builds, history builds. And so like that's an interesting kind of juxtaposition of avatars of this laid back kind of surfer dude versus Kiyoshi yeah. of the world almost setting itself back in balance depending on the avatars that are chosen. I don't know. I'm philosophizing too much. but I just got goosebumps. No, I <laughs> yeah, love that. Too. That's so Not cool. Too much. Not too much. That was <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, uh, I fucking love that. Um, but uh, then uh, we find out... I'm, I shouldn't be laughing. Um, then I find out that uh, Kurok's wife has uh, had her... Or the woman he loved, he says, mm -hmm. uh, has her face stolen by Ko, the face stealer. Yeah! Who, and how we could we possibly this? forget? Nightmare content of my childhood. <laughs> Finally get closure on that of who that woman's face was. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's one of those moments that feels so like Easter eggy in a mm -hmm. way that's not at all unsatisfying. It's just yeah. like, wow, that yeah. is you. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the how show you feel rewards you moment. for paying attention so yeah, much. You're of, right. Like, it's it's why it's if why it holds up so that well. That moment won't like, matter, and it will still work. Yes. And if you do, the moment works. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember that dude. That yeah. sucks. I've heard you to go people, to that cave. Oof. I've heard that some people don't love th this finale um, mm. of the show. That it didn't hit quite right with them. But there's so many moments like this little one that mm -hmm. are that are like such huge satisfying payoff yes. for the whole series that yes. makes it feel like I good am closure. waiting for the moments that people dislike. So far, I have just been like, "This is the best finale." Yep. Yep. I've been. I don't. I don't get it. But I yeah. loved it when I was a kid. I still think it's incredible. Like, Me I, too. in Justin, there's like June coming back and getting yes. a little bit of closure there. This mm -hmm. thing with Ko seeing Kiyoshi again. Yeah. Like, and there's and I love this episode in particular because it is so like yes the rest of the gang is doing their thing but Ang is just sitting on an island meditating because like that yep. is so central and inherent to his character and like that yep. is how Ang would approach this huge decision he wouldn't be training and preparing to kill this guy he'd be like right. no I'm a monk I need to think about this yeah exactly I totally agree um so uh Korok's final advice is that <laughs> this happened because I was not 
uh, attentive and active enough. You need to like shape your destiny, which is basically um, yeah. no pressure. Do be, something. Be decisive. <laughs> do yes. something. Like they're all just like got to do something, my man. I don't know. I was a bad partner. Be better than me, right. Egg. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um. Well, we get back to old people town. Yes. <laughs> the best uh, town. Honestly. I mean, some of the best characters in the show, yeah. Um, and uh, Boomy points out that uh, your uncle's in that hut over there. Oh, oh and we haven't heard oh. it for too long. We get this Sungi horn. Yeah, um, dude. Mm. The Sungi horn is as oh. much of a character on this show as Iroh is, I feel oh. like. You They're hear that completely horn, I mean, and yeah. you immediately feel the feelings. You know you're gonna feel oh. even more. In that a few light minutes. mo, Iro's light motif is just so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's perfect. Um, so Zuko approaches, but he sits down in front of the door. Katara comes up, and she's like, "Are you okay?" No, I'm not okay. <laughs> he probably Classic. hates. No, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> but fucking, I mean, the lines—they're incredibly written. Don't get me wrong, but they're also, you know, a dramatic teenager. Mm-hmm. Fucking Dante Basco coming in, fucking He's so pulling good. it through again. This is amazing work in this episode specifically. Yes. This episode specifically. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to cry uh, between I'm now and fail. <laughs> when we talk about the actual moment. Um. We got another cutaway before it comes, but he mm-hmm. says he probably hates me. You know, he was always there for me, and I just turned against him. And uh, Katara says, I mean, are you sorry for what you did? And he says, I'm more sorry than anything I've ever done in my entire life. She just says, then he'll forgive you. And he really hears that. And he's able. she's able to give him the ability to... Go there, in. This is Katara and Zuko's relationship finally coming to a yes. thematic close. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, not friends anymore. What I mean is their friendship is fully realized. Yeah. She's now doing whatever she can to help him. And that she is, can, like, yeah. the opposite of telling him, one step out of line and I will end you. You know? Yeah. We are at the <laughs> right. opposite of that now. Yeah. Um. He goes in and classic we have not seen iroh either since he was in a jail cell mm-hmm. and here he is happily cartoonishly snoring just... <laughs> and i love it zuko just smiles softly and sits down now we get over to ang again and he's like i i don't get it like all these <laughs> all these avatars are basically just telling me that i have to do it none of them really understand if I go one more back, though, <laughs> it'll be an air nomad. An yeah. air nomad will understand the struggle that I'm going through. Um, and Momo chirps at him and he goes, I know <laughs> yes. you can't talk, but it's nice to pretend sometimes. And then he chirps at him again. I'm going to pretend I didn't pretend to hear that. <laughs> that is... I. I don't know. I mean, it's funny, but like, I think that's one of those way funnier as an adult than it is as a kid. Yes. Moments. Yeah, I agree. I totally. Oh, man. I was just going to say, especially with all the Momo talking, can people understand him? Can Appa understand him? That's kind of been <laughs> yeah. happening the whole show. They're clarifying like, no, they can't talk, but they can yeah. kind of communicate. I was getting meta for a, like meta and deep for a second of like that one interaction with Momo is also what Aang is doing on the island. Like he's talking to himself wow. because oh, and even though yeah. he already really knows like 
what he's going to hear, it still helps to hear yourself talk. Right. Like, talking things out helps. And, like... Honestly, it's not meta and deep. I think it's, like, maybe intentional. Because even his yeah. line of, I'm going to pretend like I didn't pretend you yep. said that, or I heard you <laughs> right. say that, is how he's responding to all of this. Exactly. He's like, right. I'm just going to, like... No, no, no. I'm still right. Let me see right. what the monk says. Maybe totally. the monk will uh, yep. agree with me because we're both monks. I do love also that he's like, I do want to talk to an air nomad because like his yeah. culture and like his experience with the monks was so formative for him and like yeah. is really informing a lot of the nonviolent position that he's coming from. And he's like, yeah. some this person will understand. Right. You know, honestly, it's it's kind of interesting to me that he has never contacted Yang Chen before mm -hmm. because it's the like closest thing that he would be able to have to talking yeah. to his people. It's oh man. Um so he finally does connect with her. She appears, I am Yang Chen. I like the way that the people that we don't know yet show up and say, I am Avatar Yang Chen. Yes. <laughs> Just so you know, that's my name. Um but it also yeah, makes sense. Honestly, you know, he now that you them. say that, I didn't even feel, uh, okay, you're <laughs> like you're introducing <laughs> yourself. Right. This is awkward. He knows who you are. It's right. done so well with their voice acting mm -hmm. that yeah. it feels like a glorious entry, you know? Totally. Like this yep. big thing. Oh, this one's going to surprise you, by the way. Uh, Yang Chen, the voice actor who plays Yang Chen, has been on the show once before. It's Tress McNeil... And she was Hama, the puppet master. No way. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Talent. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? I mean. Wait, is that the bloodbender lady? Yeah, the bloodbender. Oh, yep. shit. Yep. I mean, she's a wildly successful yeah. voice actor. Very distinct voice. But she oh, is not using. Oh, that voice lives in my nightmares. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She's not using that sort of like, you know, very mm -mm. sharp sounding voice. She's yeah. using. She's like, you know, Elegant. using a different resonance Yang in her Chen. body. Yeah. yeah right. Totally. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I did not call it out, but Jim Meskimen played Kurok, who has been on the show a couple times before. He played G, who was like the guy in season one who was like, I don't get it. Like, why is Zuko such a dick? And Iroh was yeah. like, well, well his dad burned his face. So. <laughs> and isn't it the same guy who Zuko like, he's like, I'm falling, I'm falling. And Zuko grabs his arm and they look yes. at each other and they're like, yes. we are, we're cool now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, so he's talking to Yang Chen and, uh, Ang says, I was taught by the monks that every life is valuable. Even the tiniest spider fly. Um, I'm that even a vegetarian. Own web. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. that's such yes. a cool line because it's right. spider fly. So it's a spider, but it's also a fly. So it can get caught in its own web. Yeah. It's like something in universe that should not exist because why would why the fuck would there be an animal that can get caught in its own web but it creates maybe the most beautiful little like only in this universe metaphor mm -hmm. like a spider fly that's caught in its own web like right. i would help it out you know i don't know like yeah there's something about it that just i love the idea of that imagining that Man, I didn't even think about that that deeply. Like a spider fly. Yeah. <laughs> that is Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't I that sort of just passed me by. I don't know why. Wow. I think this universe like has because 
We live in a world where everything that is has to make sense within the rules of this world. And that's why, like, when there's an invasive species, it's a big deal and it can destroy whole, like, ecosystems. In the Avatar, in the Avatar universe, (laughs) in the Avatar universe, (laughs) I feel like this, it's a world where uh, balance and peace and stuff comes as, like, it's just like part of it. Yeah. So there can be animals like spider flies, which should not exist. That should yeah. just die out. <laughs> right. Because there's avatars to make sure that they get out of their webs and, yeah. and survive. Right. And there's, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's really cool when a universe can just have things in it because yeah. then those things can mean something. Yeah. Right. I think I think the line "I'm even a vegetarian" is very <laughs> um, 2008. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Because yes. because like, like nowadays there are people who just eat nuts. You know, and they're like, okay, like I just eat nuts. Right. That's it. I don't even drink water. But like, yeah, <laughs> even beyond vegetarian, like veganism is now like so widespread. Mm-hmm. Like it's I know normalized. so many people. It's very normalized. So. It's not a big statement for him to say, I'm even a yeah. vegetarian. It's like, well, Yeah, like all yeah, I can think a lot of, of people is are when he ate an egg tart in, in the oh. fucking Great Divide. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, you're a vegetarian, but you still ate egg tart. You're not a vegan. You're not, you're not that hardcore, You could Aang. go harder. Um, you're still but... eating chicken babies, Ang. <laughs> Eggs aren't chicken babies, but the joke still lands. Uh, it lands. Don't worry. Chickens are babies at conception. Um, violence. Uh, he, he says, you know, I've only ever uh, used any form of violence for necessary defense, which is very true. And we've seen mm-hmm. that play out many, many times. And it confirms now that all those little like, holy shit, did I just kill a guy? No, he didn't. Like, I mean, yeah. He didn't think he did, at right. least, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about the Northern Air Temple when you've Me got too. those <laughs> those tanks that are going up that he yep, just, That's like, exactly... He blew up a whole fucking... I mean, those of, people died. Like, they had to. But That I think was Sokka's plan, though, more than... Mm, that's true, right? but he participated in, like, you know, covering them in snow and burying them in an avalanche that they probably could not escape from, mm. you know? I don't know. Well, they're although they are fire firebenders, so to Aang, he's like, if I cover you with snow and you can't that's melt true. your way out, go fuck that's yourself. True. That's true. You deserve to die. Also, and he's that's saying... different than killing, right? <laughs> <laughs> also, he's saying necessary defense, and they were like laying siege in a moment that was, you know, pivotal and yeah, yep. yada yada. So I guess then that does play into Aang's again kind of philosophy of like, oh well Chin, you didn't kill Chin the Conqueror. Right. You made the earth collapse underneath him. Right. That you're you're not right. culpable for defense. that. I didn't kill those Fire Nation soldiers. Okay. I mature. just covered them in snow and they slid off a mountain. That was their fault, not it's mine. Batman begins. You know? That's a very good point. But you can't kill me. No, but I don't have to save you. You know? <laughs> That's Aang. Yeah. Aang yeah, is Batman. A little bit. Right. Um but Yang Chen does not give him the perspective that he thinks that she will. And she says, it. this is not about you. This isn't about you. This is about the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what? And she's like, but but uh, <laughs> I've, right. I've always been. <laughs> I've always been, <laughs> I've always been taught to detach from the world. That was like most of my work with the monks. And she mm-hmm. says, the thing is. 
the avatar can't detach from the world because mm-hmm. the I... avatar's sole duty is to the world. Yeah. You it must makes sacrifice. Me really feel like sad for Aang when she says there have been monks that have achieved uh, complete detachment and right. spiritual enlightenment mm-hmm. and you can never do that. Yeah. I feel so sad for him because that's mm. like the first 12 years of his life was his identity was as a monk trying to achieve spiritual enlightenment right. and becoming the avatar as you're about to say the great line literally changes what his identity is so he can't think like that anymore what's the line though i I didn't write it down you must sacrifice your own needs and do whatever it takes like it it just seems it effectively uh communicates how profound it is that literally the the um the issue he's having itself is like uh, a a paradox basically i am yep I am a monk. I am an air nomad monk who's supposed to detach from the world. And I am also the avatar who is whose sole duty is to the world. Yes. It's it's it, it's it makes me sad also of like that Aang didn't get to experience this oh, like question yeah. during his like adolescence and adulthood as a monk in training like because because of the iceberg because he ran away right like it's which, all right now yeah he, and like he, of course like we never know what could have happened because of like the invasion and like the destruction of the air nomads but like that he's just this 12 year old with all of this fucking responsibility <laughs> yeah. on him with the only moral compass that he's ever had that is the foundation of the mo- the majority of his life that happened 100 years ago now yeah. that he's like the monks taught me this and this avatar that is himself is like it's not about you and you can't reach right. this pinnacle that you've been striving for because you have to you have to let it go in order There's for the pinnacle. sake of the world yeah yeah and he would have gotten some he, he would have gotten a mentor to help him deal mm-hmm. with that you know dis- disparity between his you know being the avatar and being a monk with gyatso who yes. wanted gyatso oh. was about to run away with him he i was. always am 100%. it's the saddest thing in the whole show is, oh. i won't let them take you from me ang oh, oh. <laughs> sorry i'm sorry because now we're about to get hit with the next uh, well, most yeah. emotional thing in the whole show. To, uh. end, to end this scene, Aang says, I think for the first time, I'm going to have to kill the Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've said kill yet. I think they've said end his life. Maybe right. end him before he ends you. Or like mm-hmm. maybe they said kill, but indirectly. But this is Aang saying, I have to kill Ozai. <laughs> yep. I think it's certainly the first time we've ever heard Aang say anything oh, like certainly. that. Certainly. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um and now we get over to oh god, I'm already feeling it. Uh oh. Iroh waking up. And, get your tissues ready, listeners. Oh god. I this is like the most this in the entire show. Yep. Um Iroh wakes up and he's facing away from Zuko. He notices he him behind knows. his back yeah. and Zuko just says, you must have mixed feelings about me being here. I'm so sorry. I'm more sorry than you can ever know. And I don't know how I could ever make it up to you. Like, 
It's so I'm good. I'm so sorry. And like the way Even he too, like, pleads oh, almost. And yeah. it's like, you can tell like he turns into a little boy again. Yeah. And what's oh. amazing about it is this voice actor isn't a little boy. And yeah. It's, I'm pretty sure Dante Basco was older than 16 as well. And he channels this energy of like 12 year old Zuko or whatever. Yeah. The age of Zuko that was like still like a boy and like I don't even it just yeah. it gets me when he says I'm so sorry the way he says I'm so sorry it's just like oh and then as he's trying to say how could I ever make it up to you he gets the most <laughs> clear clear non-verbal way of saying you don't have to Iroh just grabs him and kneeling they just hold each other and I stopped I stopped writing down what they were saying at this point to literally sob in my chair yeah Um, me too yep same they just hold each other and I didn't have to write this one down because it's like the line of the fucking whole arc I was never mad at you I was just sad because I thought you had lost your way Uh, (laughs) oh god and i have to say like i don't want to talk about it too much because we've talked about it already Mm -hmm. mako gives uh mako's absence is still like i feel that yeah but this is maybe the best line reading that greg baldwin gives as Mm -hmm. iroh it's whispery and i feel like the it might have been directed to be like this because they were like, we need this to be as subtle as possible so that Dante's performance yes. is the performance that drives the emotions. Yes. And your performance, like, spices it up. Because totally. if, if Mako were still around, this would be different probably. And I'm glad they didn't try to give us, like, full, like, Iroh voice They're or something. aware. And there you are know? times, you know at the beginning of the season where we heard him speak and I feel like maybe a couple more that don't strike perfectly right and you kind of go, eh, Greg Baldwin, it's not Mako. I truly think casting him for this moment makes it worth (laughs) having Mm -hmm. to. They needed this moment (laughs) in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And they break the tension a little bit with a little joke at the end, uh, just because how did I forget. You find he says, me? "How'd you find me?" Well, you have a very strong scent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, done sitting in that moment. <laughs> I love it so much. God, the music in that moment oh, it's so for the beautiful. third time. I'm sorry, but God, I honestly this season yeah. finale of four episodes. If it's one episode, whatever, they just. I swear they have like they a live orchestra game. there or yeah. something. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. we we get back to Ang, which honestly I think is the only moment in the whole show or in this whole episode that feels a little too fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. All the I transitions agree. are really good. I didn't. Write I don't even down know that it. it's too fast because really I think that like anything coming after that moment is going yeah. to be like wait give me a second to, give me a, yeah give me a that's moment. what it is you're right um uh and if they had cut to commercial at that moment you know like you can't you can't do that yeah that would uh that'd be a huge a moment killer commercial oh my um, God. 
we get back to Aang on this island, and he sees a distant mountain, uh, a mountain line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know why I stumbled over that. There, um, and he sees it getting closer, and he's like, the mountains are getting closer? And he climbs up into a tree, and he sees, no, the mountains aren't getting closer. Or, <laughs> the mountains aren't getting bigger. We're getting closer. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole island is moving. He runs down the side of this island, and he dives into the water just to see that it's oh. not attached to anything. He sees the bottom of this island, and then a giant claw <laughs> just... <laughs> animated in a in a different way, way. yes i love how this is animated to just because in in live action if you're going to show something with sheer size you just you film it in slow motion to give mm-hmm. it because that's what big things look like right so the fact that they even animated this different yes gives this this epic size and spiritual feel you know what i mean there's something it feels about so it so large and like mysterious yes and unique they it's so stunning yeah. like they they communicate that so clearly because the the art style that the turtle well the thing is drawn in is the same like texture as the backgrounds of things yes. the scenescapes you know wow. in animation like this you have a painted scenescape and then mm-hmm. they go in and draw and animate that's characters it. I into didn't realize it, it. that's wow. it that's yeah. amazing that's what it is it's a painted scenescape that they take you know just this set painting of mm-hmm. a big giant claw and move it across wow so yeah yeah it's uh I always remember noticing that and and recognizing how, oh, God. Um, so he's like, it's the biggest animal I've ever seen in my whole life. We got to go and find the face. Um, but first, we get back to the gang all reconvening, talking about what to do here. Um, Zuko's trying to convince uh, Iroh to face off with the, the Father Lord. The Father Lord. <laughs> yes, I love that bit. <laughs> Toph's like, don't you mean Fire Lord? That's what I said. What? No, it's not. <laughs> no one else even. No, they're not. just like, we'll just let it slide back. Like, okay. That's awkward. <laughs> Father Lord. <laughs> um, and Iroh says, me facing off with Ozai, that would not turn out well. Um, I love this. Firstly, I don't even know that I could, which, come on, Iroh. <laughs> you could. <laughs> yes, you could. But you could. it also really does show us, oh, Really? Yeah, that's Fuck, true. He's that's a true. Fucking force mm-hmm. to be reckoned with then. Right. Because even if we know Iroh probably could, the fact that now buff Iroh is right. like <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't even know. <laughs> right. You're like, wait, but not buff twelve year old Aang has to fight him? Right. Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense that it explains that. Uh, to the audience who's like, well, why doesn't he? And he's like, well, the world, it would not be the way to bring peace back to the world. The world would yeah, not would... see it as peace being brought back. They would see it as a brother killing brother in order to get power. Yeah. No matter what I did or how I, or, or what I said, it has to be the Avatar. Um, Only and... the Avatar can restore balance to the world. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he says, it makes me, sorry, this is again a tangent. It just makes me think of just this, the world building in this universe is just so interesting of like having this new, almost neutral 
like fifth party to yeah. these four nations and like all of these four elements who is there to establish and create and maintain balance. And right. Yeah, it's just a super interesting concept. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that, it's one that of my favorite fifth things. party cycles through mm-hmm. each of the other four. Yeah, it's it's a genius. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. scene too really makes me feel like, I mean, we've established, it was established in like episode six or five when he first loses the stinky sandal actually and he <laughs> sees ang fly over him in the spirit world on roku's dragon mm-hmm. iroh has his finger on the pulse of the spirit world yes and i feel like this moment is very much him being like i am just the one who knows what to do so here you go <laughs> and it's yeah. not at all something i question because he he doesn't think of destiny as like no, you're born to do this. He did at one point. Mm-hmm. He he's talks about like how his idea of what destiny is has changed, but I feel like he truly understands like this is our role to play in this epic like story. He knows it's it's this is a story that will be told in the future. He just like gets right. that. Yeah. And he also knows that the Fire Nation itself does need redemption. Mm-hmm. And who better to take oh. the mantle because Zuko asks like are you going to take the place of Fire Lord when everything is put back and he says no there's only one person to do that someone with an ideal heart and unquestionable honor oh. Zuko's like me but I've made so many mistakes and he's like yes you've made mistakes you have struggled you have suffered and you have followed your own path and restored your own honor mm-hmm. only someone like that who has experienced i'm laughing because it's so it's just so profound Ugh. only someone like that can restore the honor as well to the fire nation it's so beautiful yes um, <laughs> And then he talks about how one day, long ago, he had a vision mm-hmm. that one day he would take Ba Sing Se. And that, it's only now that he's realizing that that vision was that he would take Ba Sing Se back oh. from the Fire Nation. I think this is my favorite little thing in the because show. It explains, I've said that a billion times, it but it's so fucking why awesome. He, why he mm-hmm. laid siege to Bossing Say in the first place. He thought yep. that that was his destiny. Yep. And he was born into a nation that of propaganda and of like uh uh patriotism and a and he basically thought how can I fulfill my destiny while also maintaining this position in my nation? And that's mm-hmm. what what happened. And there's just like a whole I'm sure every time I talk about Iroh, Calvin leans in and goes, watch Korra. So I will. <laughs> but I'm sure there is just so much of, you know, that scene when we see Iroh writing a letter to his family from like the war room when he's like young Iroh and he's like, everything will burn. Ha ha ha. And he like makes a joke. Right. And it's also kind of like, oh, shit, you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Between that moment and the moment that him and Zuko, with Zuko having a rap over his freshly burned face, mm-hmm. shit happens. Yeah, That's all. Yeah. I just, and this shows us even more so, like, shit happened. He, <laughs> yeah. He has experienced shit. Yeah. Um, for people who have seen Korra, 
I don't think I've emphasized that too much. Like, there's not no, a no. ton it's of awesome stuff with Iro, but there's something. Yeah. You know, he makes an appearance. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Um, uh, but Iro tells Zuko he has to go to the Fire Nation, but he must be careful because Azula will be there and he's going to need to face her. Oh. And Zuko's like, up for it. And then Iro's like, you will need help. And Zuko. <laughs> Without skipping a beat, is just like, yeah, you're right. Katara, amazing. will you mm-hmm. come help me? She's like, oh, it would be my honor. Yes. <laughs> you know? She's like, oh, fuck like, I'm yeah. going to go fuck up your sister. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> Let's do it. And this reminds me of when uh, Zuko and Iroh were fleeing Ba Sing Se. And uh, Zuko was like, no, I'm not going to let her keep uh, continue to chase us and beat us like i'm staying back to fight her and mm-hmm. iroh goes to the gang and is like all right well i'm gonna have to go to the gang now and save you because you're gonna just get captured <laughs> and right. uh it it feels like zuko learned from that you know he's yeah. like yeah that was a bad idea right i'm not the most powerful like he <laughs> always wanted to be what azula actually is is like yeah. this prodigy and he just right. knows like his He's not just a firebender who's just supposed to be a good fighter. Like, there's so much more to him. And part of that is teamwork. Azula could never yes. work side by side with a waterbender to fight someone, you know? Yeah. No, it shows, how, it shows how good of a leader Zuko has become. Like, yeah. it, it, it justifies that thing that Iroh has just said of, like, you, you're the one who needs to lead the Fire Nation. And, like, he has been humbled and has, like realized that he cannot do this by himself especially not face his sister by himself and like i'm gonna take one of the most powerful waterbenders that i've had the pleasure to befriend and (laughs) fight with and together we can do this but i can't do this by myself it's like that moment in mad max fury road when max is shooting the the sniper rifle into the distance in the dark trying to like hit that car he (laughs) does two shots and then one of the uh, mothers is like there's one shot left, and then Furiosa looks over, walks up, and she's like, you got it? And he doesn't say anything. He just lifts the gun to yep. his own shoulder so that Furiosa can then shoot it and mm. nails it. This yep. is Zuko lifting the gun to Katara. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. But there's still a couple floating elements in this group. Sokka goes, what about Toph, Suki, and I? Uh, what, what should we do? And Iroh says... Well, what do you think your part is in here? I like love he it. sees that mm-hmm. you are you have enough experience and I know enough about you and I can yes. and also just like claim it, man. What do you what what do you need to do? And Sokka knows. He says, "Well, I think we should go and do everything we can to stop the fleet. And then also, we'll be right there if Aang does show up." Mm-hmm. Um uh so he <laughs> goes over and he mounts uh this eel hound <laughs> this mm-hmm. eel hound is the fastest way to get over to the <laughs> i can't yeah, even do the Keanu fastest on land and the fastest in the water eel very hound. resourceful <laughs> <laughs> yeah um of you course can intercept them it's within a day's hound. journey yeah. yeah um and i love Sokka gives him a hug like you know they they made a little bond they have a relationship. Yeah. yeah um uh, Zuko asks Iroh, well, once this is all over, what will you do? 
And Iroh says, after I reconquer Bossing Say, I will reconquer my dream yes. of having my tea shop. I'll reconquer my tea shop and I will play pie show every day. It's just like uh-huh. the way yeah. he says it. Throws up the Such chip happiness. and catches it. And then he, he deserves to retire. He deserves he yeah. deserves everything, but he deserves to retire. Yes. <laughs> he leaves this group and this episode's arc with this group with a great line destiny is our friend i know Ugh. it oh and then we get back to ang who's swimming towards the front of this island he dives down again and we already see behind him there's this big crack mm-hmm. that looks like an eyelid and yes it is it opens up it's a giant eye and uh, this paw, this like claw comes up underneath him and rises him through. And I'm sure, you know, this is one of those scale moments where it's like, this is just a giant creature just slowly lifting its paw. But to mm-hmm. Aang, the water rushing past him. I love yes. that shot, that Me low too. angle <sighs> shot of him in the water rushing by. And he bursts through and he sees... This lion turtle. Which every time there's comes been with the music. Every time there's been little moments where there's been a lion turtle, I've pointed it out and been like, hmm, I wonder if that'll come back. Like in in Wan Chi Tong's library. <laughs> library. There's, the there's one other one turtle. for sure too. Sokka's master at Piandao's yes. fucking mm-hmm. you know, yep. place. He has a statue of a lion turtle. So they've been sprinkled throughout. And this is one of the things that people have said, like, this kind of comes out of nowhere nowhere. What the fuck? And I'm like Nah, this feels earned, not just because of those tiny little details that people probably didn't notice, but it feels like he is trying to connect with something more grand, and he's mm-hmm. connecting with his own experience, but now he's connecting with the world yes. in such a huge way, you know? Exactly. This yes. Especially when you the consider world. that in a lot, I don't know, I think it's in the Hindu religion, um, but I know in like multiple religions, the world is depicted as uh, a turtle, like mm-hmm. with the earth being land on the turtle's back. This is literally that. He is connecting with the world. And yep. when you think about how he uh, got to this point, he decided, all right, I have no fucking idea what else to do. I'm going to try to call out to the world and yeah. hope the world answers me. And it did it was like oh yeah here's our yep. most ancient being yeah this is it and we also know that he quote unquote doesn't exist so as long as he's on this turtle he's basically in another world mm-hmm. you know what i mean like this is so much bigger than just wait another creature showed up to help him it's right. like <laughs> it's it's just it's the perfect example of a deus ex machina if that makes sense yes yeah and people use that term as like you know a bad thing for some reason people use a lot of times things can just like randomly this thing comes in out of nowhere and saves it but But it's a storytelling mechanism that that can be used and when it's used well it's awesome it's like anything it's like you know a lot of people will hate on stuff that is done a lot because it's done a lot poorly Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a thing that just always get like, especially with that chanting <sighs> coming back. Yes. I get chills. Oh, it's just, you just know immediately, like, this is some kind of a 
god you know well especially you look at its back like even just thinking like like mechanically isn't the right word but just looking at this this gigantic lion turtle that has this entire ecosystem this entire world growing on this thing is ancient this thing is like older than we can even imagine like old as some of the oldest avatars that ang has inside of him like Yep, and uh, that's another uh, Gary uh, Watch Cora. <laughs> yes, fact, yes, it is. That context oh, really? does come yeah. in a section that I don't particularly like, but there is some cool stuff in it. Yep, some I'm of it has to completely do with, with you, Calvin. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Um, so it's Aang, interesting we're all building, but I don't yeah. like the section. But. Yes, no, yes. Um, Ang calls out to this lion turtle, and he says, "I don't know what to do." He bows to it. And he says, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Even my own past lives are expecting me to end a life. And it's, uh, it does not answer him directly. It just <laughs> gives him some philosophy that does seem to help him. He says, oh, by the way, <laughs> the voice here. Yeah, I was going to wonder, who is it? So good. Kevin Michael Richardson. Yep. Of course. <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson has been on the show a bunch. He's like a huge for uh Rachel if you don't instantly recognize. He's he's the sort oh, of voice where you hear okay. his voice and you're just like I know that voice. He's so yes. great. I think the one that you referenced that made me go, yeah, that guy, Lilo and Stitch. Yep, he's that's the, what oh. I just found. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um and the fact that he comes in for this and does such it's perfect. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. And he just says, the true mind can weather all lies and illusion without being lost. Mm -hmm. The true heart can tough poison of hatred without being harmed. And it reaches out two claws. And think of how delicately this massive creature would do. And it touches his heart. And his forehead. Mm-hmm. And this, and it glows, and it seems to unlock something, some understanding within. And it says Aang. one more thing, too, right? Do you have it written down? Yep. He says, uh, darkness thrives in a void, but it will always yield to the purity of light. Mm-hmm. That and that's line, what it leads him on. For some reason, escaped me many times watching this series Mm -hmm. and i always was like because that in and of itself is enough like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like wait what just happened a little bit but i think it's a simple line that can make you go that if, if you think about it you just immediately understand what the point of this turtle and like this moment is it's like oh he was just given uh the information he needs to feel comfortable moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all you need to know. Yep. Yep. He didn't get yep. his question completely answered, but he got his mind settled in order yes. to face this situation and make yeah. a decision. Ugh. And the tiger lion says, wait for him here. He will come. And then we see this volcano and we see the Phoenix King in front of his giant blimps. And he (laughs) says, it is time for this world to end in fire and be reborn. And then we see literally from space, like a space (laughs) shot of this comet coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then everything turns orange. The sky turns it orange. So we see cool. these shots of Ang looking out like he has at the beginning of every single intro of every single episode that oh we have God. watched in his final form robes, looking out fully and the avatar no of staff. the world. No staff, no just staff. ready. A full yeah. avatar. Momo and the with comet. Them. We get that shot where we got a vision of it in season one. The mm-hmm. same exact shot of the comet, like, like filling yeah. the frame. That moment's here. <laughs> here we are right Ugh. now. It's happening. End of episode. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what a rush. Ugh. Oh, my God. I this think we said it last so week. And I just fully am like, yeah. Mm-hmm. This does feel damn well separated into four parts for yeah. being something that you know the writers were like, we have way too much for one episode. <laughs> yeah. right. This is going to be like four episodes worth. Do we release an hour-long episode? I don't know how they did it, but they made four episodes. It's just, yep, it's great. This is a great spot to be like, all right, another cliffhanger right. till next week. Yep, yep. I think I don't remember. I think it might have aired as one hour long block. It did so. actually. It yeah, did that's what I, I'm remembering. One. I'm okay with that. Like I, in oh, the past, yeah. every time I've s- ever watched this, I've watched it as an hour long. I've episode. been watching Steven Universe, and I think Steven oh. Universe did a similar thing for their like season, f- like five finale. Because no. it's usually just twenty minute episodes, and yeah. for that one, they tr- almost did twenty minutes, and then like they had a bit where it came on, and it was like, "No, we cannot, we cannot do this to you again." <laughs> and then it was just an hour or so of programming that like wow. finished the season. So I'm That's super so cool. on board awesome. for that, especially with like kids shows, because like kids can sit for an hour. They they sit yeah. and watch movies. Yeah. Like I I'm not against like combining these four as like on principle i guess i'm just mad that netflix doesn't give you the option because it is so well separated yeah yeah um but also they they just did such a good job of creating distinct episodes but also it makes complete and total sense and i fully support them airing all four of these together like when it was aired that needed to be how it was done yeah if yeah, if you had watched this episode and had just had to wait a week, uh, man, can you imagine episode? I can't even remember how it ends. I can't wait to find out again. But Jesus, <laughs> I, I do love how they are set, like segmented and separated, though, because like it just yes, the cliffhangers are oh my god, I want it to keep going, but like yeah. it does give such a fabulous build and oh, like yeah, and yeah. there are themes to each episode. This mm-hmm. episode right. is the hey, what are we doing? Yeah, episode right and totally that's uh, it's why it's one of my favorites i love moments mm-hmm. in movies and tv where we just go all right what are we doing and yeah. there's like you yeah. got iroh who is this spiritual understanding like guide and then you have ang spiritually trying to connect with his understanding guides of yeah. the past and then the fucking lion turtle to cap to cap the episode it's it's yeah. brilliant and through all of it there's still so many moments sprinkled throughout that yes. are good contenders for our kid, kid moment, moment of the week. <laughs> uh, I honestly have like eight moments marked. <laughs> I don't even know exactly which one I w- uh, would vote. Anybody? Anybody want to start us off? 
I got a personal favorite. Uh, yeah. I honestly, everything Boomy, but specifically, yeah. where's Momo? <laughs> that yeah. is concern. And then, like, continuing it to, oh, yeah, Aang's gone too well. They're together. They're fine. And then right. jumping off. That yeah. is, it just, That's a good like, moment. Aang is the one. He's the one right now. There, it's like if you were at the end of the Matrix and they're like, hey, where's, uh, uh, you know, Neo's sunglasses. And they're like, yeah, Neo's gone too. He's like, oh, well, at least he's oh, got well, his sunglasses. Right. He'll be fine. <laughs> wow, Momo's just a pair of sunglasses to you. I'm All right, sorry. Interesting. I Rachel, I wish uh, what, uh, what moment be better no, moving if there on. was a lead? Moving <laughs> on. Rachel, I wrote what? one down and <laughs> I think one? it's from part one. So, oh, okay. So, uh, I picked the the moment when Katara and Suki are looking for Aang and they have that oh. face where like, and that <laughs> yeah. face is just really, but I think that's from part one. <laughs> it um, is, yeah. But I, I guess related to Boomy, I love the rock crystal bit. Oh, um, yeah. Like chomping oh, yeah. on that crystal and also the smiley face in the Fire Lord's face, I think is super. Yeah, I really like the smiley face. I think that's. I do too. I think that might Can be that, it because it's both like. Let's make like, that it. Yeah, because it's badass for a kid who's like, yeah, get him. And also like goofy, like, ha you know, that's like, what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> Shut right. up his nose. Well, yeah. hell yeah. Uh, kid moment of the week goes to Boomy putting I will, a rock smiley face. I will oh, say what I do you think got? like honorable mention. And this, I guess, isn't like necessarily like goofy kid moment. Mm-hmm. And this isn't even a moment. It's just something I really appreciate the episode for. Yeah. Of just like really focusing on like meditating and thinking about your problems and also like the understanding that like decisions like because you're a kid you don't have that many intense decisions to make but like as an adult you do and as like a person you do but like it is still okay to ask other people for help even if it is just people inside of you like it's okay to go back to old masters when you're facing impossible circumstances i love just that sense of community and like asking for advice and for wisdom that is just interlaced and thematically imbued in this whole episode the teaching just like laid so perfectly throughout the show and that in particular yeah thank you for pointing it out and uh <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode it was yes. uh, so much fun talking to you um is there anything you would like the people to know that you're doing i know uh, there's one podcast that uh is out there people can find but uh pitch yourself yeah. a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um you can hear me on another podcast i'm on a uh ttrpg network called uh role plays um, and you can find our current podcast called Manatown, which is a fantasy noir uh, 1940s kind of style show. I play a, a kind of like half demon lounge singer, very like femme fatale. Oh. It's very fun. Hell um, yeah. And instead of liquor being prohibit, like in, under like prohibition, it's magic is under prohibition oh, in this, in this world. Yeah. Um, so there's Manatown you can listen to. I also uh, play s- covers of songs on my YouTube channel, which is Lion After Dark. Uh, I also do a GLaDOS impression on TikTok, also at Lion <laughs> After Dark. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, and I'm in a I'm in a festival for mental health uh, that is doing a Zoom theater festival on the 29th, and you can find out some information about that at Imaginarium.ny. Um, and proceeds, I think, 20% of our ticket sales are going to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. 
So I'm doing some cool stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's so much cool stuff. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, I'm so happy for you having all those projects and uh, happy to uh, share. All of those links will be in the description. So please go check out those things, especially um, the Imaginarium one for uh, contributing to charity. That's always, you know, Mm -hmm. such a such a good cause. Um, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And if you want to continue listening to this show, if you want to be informed, uh, I feel like at this point, if you're listening to this particular episode, you probably <laughs> already are aware. But uh, we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at New Lens Pod, uh, as well as uh, our website, Legendary4.com. And I realized that I should spell that out. It's F-O-U-R. It's not the number four, Legendary4.com, uh, where you can find our other podcast. Which is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Legendary Four Adventures, Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Uh, yeah, you can find all of those on legendary4.com. We want to thank Sophina Sago for our podcast art on this one and the other one. I don't know if we have mentioned, I think it's in the descriptions on the Legendary Four Adventures episodes. But anyway, uh, check out that link of Black Lives Matter. Uh, uh, donation links as well if you are able to donate to those and uh, thank you all so much for listening I'm Calvin I'm Gary and I'm Rachel and this has been a new lens <laughs>